This episode is sponsored by By Heart. By Heart is an infant nutrition company whose mission is simple make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, By Heart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Our blend includes the most abundant protein found in breast milk, alpha-lac, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum, along with broken down, partially hydrolyzed proteins. By Heart is an easy to digest formula. In addition to its patented protein blend, our formula includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey to casein ratio, like in early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system. By Heart is the only US-made infant formula to use organic, grass-fed whole milk, not skim. Curious about ByHeart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with the code parenting for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence-based parenting classes available on demand at yourvillageonline.com. Our 50-plus classes give parents the foundation, steps, and tools for creating strong, healthy relationships with their children, resulting in responsible, cooperative, happy, and successful children and families. My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Hello, everyone. So I have been doing a ton of deep thinking about my place in the parenting space, what my experience and knowledge that I have that's unique and brings value to parents and families. Pardon my voice. I do have a cold that I'm getting over. You know, I always knew what it was, but I realized that I don't think I've done a very good job of really communicating it and sharing a lot of those parts, a lot of those things. I've worked as a therapist with kids who are struggling and with their parents who are struggling along with them and who they brought me in to help them mend and bring awareness to areas that needed attention. And I don't think I've talked about this in a long time on this podcast, but that's actually what I did before I started the podcast and started Your Village. And I was so passionate about doing everything I could to make sure that parents are building a solid foundation from the earliest ages and then support them in building upon that throughout their parenting journey so that no parent or child who I came, who came across my work would ever have to suffer or struggle because of something that could have been fully prevented with some information and some tweaks in the way that they interacted with their child. And maybe a little bit of deeper work too, which we're going to talk about today. But we've done a lot of good work to that end, setting up positive discipline exchanges and relationship patterns early on 
is a major part of this foundation and it will always be a part of my work. But I realized that I don't feel like I've really brought my full expertise, my full self as a parent into this work or my full self as a therapist and the work I did there. Part of it was out of my own insecurities and fears. But I realized I'm not bringing my best and I'm not helping nearly as many people and nearly as much as I can if I don't do that. And therefore, I'm not helping prevent the suffering that I was so passionate about preventing from the earliest stages when I started this. So, and it's not just that, because each of our children are unique. So who they are, what they bring to the world and will bring to the world as they age and get older and become adults of their own and have children their own, they are going to bring so much to the world. The world needs our kids to show up as their fullest selves. You know, I want my kids to be better than I am. I want my kids to have more self-esteem, more self-confidence, more self-awareness, more resilience, and be happier than I've been at each age and stage of my life as they go through those same ages and stages in theirs. I want my kids to have the foundation and tools to first know who they are, to discover who they are, and feel free to look to discover who they are and be who they are without recrimination. And with the confidence that when they do encounter that, that it really doesn't matter to them because they're being true to themselves. I want them to bring that to the world, their full selves, the bravery and tenacity to execute on it. And I want that for everyone in this generation coming up. I want them to reach beyond us, far beyond us, in their own unique ways. And I wanna give parents the tools to do that. Now, I'm going to dig deeper into this in a few minutes and more about what this means, what it looks like, what I'm hearing from parents I talk to, and two things that you can do, regardless of your child's age, to make sure you're creating this environment that allows your children to flourish into the best versions of themselves that this new future and world is going to need. Because as we've seen, the world is changing a lot and it's changing fast and it's going to need kids who can be flexible and resilient and problem solvers. And so they need to just be their most amazing selves. So obviously I'm working on stepping more fully into this work. And in order to illustrate what I'm talking about, it's helpful for me to share a couple of things that happened in this past week that really brought some of this up to my attention. So if you've been following me for any amount of time, you know that my oldest son turned 13 last month. So he's now officially a teenager. And now is when I can really start to see the fruits of my efforts as a parent. So I went to his school to join him for a meeting with his counselor to make sure we're on track to get him enrolled into the advanced math class for next school year. Make sure we're aware of any other opportunities or options for next school year that we didn't know about which actually was a great meeting, by the way. We learned some great things. But as we were leaving, I asked him if we could hug. But I said only if he wanted to. I said, I know, if you're not comfortable, I totally understand. And he hugged me, a teenage boy at school in front of his counselor with the door open and other kids sitting right outside the door. I was honestly shocked. It was a real hug, too. It wasn't just one of those quick lean in and reach around and tap you on the back kind of hugs. Also, he actually talks to me, like really talks to me. 
He tells me about his day, every day, unprompted. He talks to me about the silly things his friends do and say and what they talked about at lunch and what they did in gym. He talks about the good and the bad things that happened in class. He told me about the mental health assessment they had in school the other day. He told me that it's a question with three answers about if they're having any problems at home or at school. We had a whole five-minute conversation about this. I asked him questions. He answered. He shared that he's doing fine. Actually, he's doing great. But if he weren't, he said he would answer the questions honestly. But he said he wouldn't want to talk about it. And I said, why? And he said, because I'd want to talk to you about it, not some stranger at school. So that's one of the questions. Are you having problems? No. Yes, but I don't want to talk about it. Yes, but I do want to talk about it. So he said he'd rather come to me. Last example is it was his turn to empty the dishwasher. It was after school, and I really needed it done sooner rather than later. And I try to give them a bigger window, but we can't always do that. So he was online playing a game with a friend, and I said, I need you to finish up your game and come empty the dishwasher, please. It's your turn. Okay. And literally, he finished up that game within a minute. He came out, emptied the dishwasher. Now, this is not unusual for us, but it struck me. And I realized how unusual this is in most households. I turned to his dad and I said, how common of an interaction is that between a 13-year-old boy and his mom? This is what I need to make sure I'm helping parents get to. Because when you have connection like this, mutual respect like this, it leaves a whole lot of room to parent to a completely different level. Think about it. Think about the conversations you get to have as you help them envision their future, guide them into it, connect with them deeper, be that person that they're comfortable coming to if they are struggling with something. The energy saved in reminding and arguing, setting boundaries and consequences, and increasing resentment and struggle and strife. Because if exchanges are often contentious, all that energy wasted just to get them to do one little thing leaves no energy for anything more high level. Okay, so I hope I've painted a picture of the kind of connection and cooperation that you actually can realistically have with your child as they age and mature. Now, I'm not saying we haven't had some issues when they first had to start emptying the dishwasher. Of course, I got some pushback. Of course, why do I have to do this? What You know, they didn't want to pitch in. But because of the way I parented them through that and impressed upon them the importance of being part of the family, and because of all the discipline tools and the way that I've worked with them through all these years, it was a very quick exchange. It lasted a couple of weeks, and then they moved past it. And ever since then, they just do it when they're asked. They understand their place in the family, and they understand and appreciate how much their dad and I do for them. Okay. So, I want to so here I want to talk about two specific things that you'll need to do if you want to make sure you're on this road for this connected proactive parenting so that you're set up to be ready to parent at the next level at each stage of the way. Number 1. Take a look at how you were parented and how it affects your parenting. Have you thought about it? We can't move forward in becoming our best parent if we haven't at least acknowledged our past. It doesn't mean we have to heal every unhealed molecule of our childhood, but it means looking at it, 
What did you like or even love about the way you were parented that you want to carry forward? What didn't you like? What lessons or skills or understandings about how the world works or relationships work or whatever else that you do feel like you didn't get? Did you wish your parents had had the foresight to impart to you? Now, for some, this may not be that deep or difficult. Maybe you had a pretty great childhood, like my kid's dad had. Maybe they were loving and guiding forces and you feel good about it. But just have some additional things you want to teach your kids, especially because the world is very different, as I said. And it's only changing more rapidly as time goes by. So maybe there's some things you feel like if your kids had that, that they're really going to be able to be really successful in this world and happy. You want your kids to have all the tools to succeed in a quickly changing environment. So for others, though, it's a much bigger undertaking. There's a lot of stuff to dig up. And you don't have to dig it all up at once, obviously. You can go in a little bit at a time. But just starting to understand how it might affect how you interact with your kids today. I'm going to talk about this. So I see two common patterns with parents that I work with. There's also another pattern, but it's not usually with parents I work with because it's the parent who just kind of continues in their pattern and parents how they were parented and doesn't really think about it. Parents who come to me are obviously thinking about it because they want to do something differently. I see parents who are afraid to step into their leadership role. They're afraid of any pushback from their child when they set a strong boundary. They're afraid that they're potentially going to break their spirit, snuff out their light that their child brings to the world. So they want to know how to let their child be their full amazing self, but not become the pushover parent. They want to know how to balance that. The other pattern I see quite often is, my parents were so, put your situation here, they were so absent, they were so strict, they were so overprotective, I didn't get to do anything. And so they swing to the complete opposite of whatever that was being super involved and super available and doing everything to offer their child every opportunity and advantage, bending over backwards and overcompensating. Or in the case of a parent who has had an overly strict parent, punitive and even abusive parent, they're often so afraid to put their foot down at all because they don't know how to do this in a loving way. And it's actually similar to the other pattern I just mentioned, but it's for a different reason. There's so much resentment for their own parent or parents, so much hurt, so much pain, they want to avoid that at all costs with their child. And so they're the super lenient parent. Even though they know it's not the best, it sure feels a lot better than what they grew up with because at least there's love there and connection. So I do have these parents coming to me trying to figure out and learn how to put their feet down a little bit more, trying to set some boundaries in loving ways. So when I talk about looking at your past to see how it shapes your parenting today, I'm going to use myself as an example because obviously I know myself better than anyone. If you've been listening to me for a while, you know I've shared my background of having a mom who was very punitive, a lot of yelling, belittling, name-calling, and some physical abuse as well. And I had so much resentment for her by the time I was a teenager. I had no respect for her. She could never keep her cool in any situation. Our relationship was so strained. And at that point, I had stopped trying to please her because nothing was ever good enough anyway. It was, imposs- it was an impossible standard. And this could have easily turned into a case of an overlenient parent. But I definitely did the work to know that I didn't want that type of relationship with my kids where they resented me. That was absolutely not going to happen. But I also came into the world very unprepared on so many levels, low confidence, afraid of ever showing up and getting noticed because getting noticed in my house meant getting abused. 
It was better to stay quiet. I had no coping skills, no resiliency to be found anywhere. Definitely no clue what advocating for myself even meant, let alone looked like, or how to do it. I can't even begin to describe how little I was able to bring to the world at this point. There was so much healing that had to be done, and I spent my 20s raising myself. And this left me feeling very far behind in life. When I was 30, I felt like I was where I should have been at 20. I felt like I was very behind my peers. Now, that may or may not have been true because I think a lot of my peers may have had similar situations, but I just felt like there were so many wasted years because I was so far behind and I had to catch up. I swore I would impart all of my wisdom to my kids that I could before and after they leave home. The positive from all of this is it has also led me to working with children and families first as a therapist and then with parents to help them discover any blind spots and bring awareness so they can also help their children have all the skills and self-awareness to thrive in their life and relationships. But with that, all the negative stuff my parents left for me to contend with in adulthood, they did some things well. So this is where I'm talking about looking at what you don't love, but look at what you like. And even in the worst situations, there is almost surely something that they did well. And for me, my dad had a way of commanding respect. He was far gentler than my mom, but he was far from a pushover. You knew he loved you. He worked hard, and I've never seen a stronger work ethic in my life. The love was palpable, even though he rarely said it. So I respected him, and I never wanted to let him down. They also were big into teaching us about how to take care of our physical health, both with nutrition and exercise, not just expecting it from us, meaning me and my siblings, but living by example. My dad definitely had an amazing um, a nature and energy to him that you could definitely feel. He was still an 80s dad, you know, not as involved and um, definitely still more punitive than, than I am. But um, I really, you know, that's where I really learned uh, how to connect was through my dad. So I want to get into some areas of discipline exchanges and how you can shift any issues and struggles so that you can leave yourself more time and energy to be available to guide your kids in these bigger ways that they really need from us as they inch closer and closer to adulthood. Right after a word from our sponsors. As an adult and a mom of a son, both with ADHD, I know navigating the expectations of life with ADHD can be a challenge, but finding the right care and proper tools needed to succeed can be life-changing. With the right resources, you can turn your ADHD into your superpower. Done is an online ADHD care platform that can get you all the resources you need to help manage your ADHD, online visits, refills, and a 24-7 care team made for you. Starting to take care of your ADHD is as easy as one, taking a one-minute free assessment to see if Dunn can help, two, booking an appointment with a licensed ADHD clinician as soon as today or tomorrow, three, start receiving ongoing care, enjoy online visits, personalized treatment plan, worry-free refills, and 24-7 care. Take a free one-minute assessment and book an appointment with a licensed ADHD clinician as soon as the next day. Get continuous care, insurance coverage, and 24-7 care team support with Done for just $79 a month and pharmacy co-pays as low as $0. 
Unlock your path to better focus now at get.donefirst.com slash podcast. Done. Turn your ADHD into your strength. These later years of childhood have been flying by. As a mom, I want to not just be available to my kids during these last years they have at home, but I want to feel good and have the energy I need to keep up with their schedule and my own. So my health is a top priority. Equilibria is a woman-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and body back into harmony. You're not alone on your wellness journey. Every customer gets one-on-one support to help you meet your goals. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. A healthy gut positively impacts immunity, mental health, sleep, digestion, and skin health. It helps regulate digestion, immunity against bad bacteria, and improve nutrient absorption. The gut has been called the second brain because it contains more than 100 million nerve cells. It is a vitally important piece to our overall health, both physical and mental. So to make sure my gut is working at its potential, I started taking EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense to improve my digestion and nutrition absorption, boost my overall immune health, and help with sleep and stress as a bonus. Head to myeq.com and use code PARENTING for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code PARENTING at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. Now that we're back, the second area that you're going to want to focus on is your discipline. Whether you're still in the midst of toddlerhood of the preschool years and all the big emotions, or you have kids who are older, this is the foundational work. The exchanges we have with our toddlers from their earliest days are setting up patterns of relating to one another and behaving. So now this can be really confusing because we still have to strongly consider child development. So it's not the behaviors themselves that I'm talking about here necessarily, but it's the way that we relate to them as we work with them on their behavior. It's having the tools and therefore the confidence to know that we can step out be the confident leader our child needs and deserves from us. It's setting the expectation and trusting our child to find their way through it without us feeling responsible for their reactions and emotions to our expectation. So that was a lot that I just covered there. So I want to break this down. Because again, this is that foundation I'm talking about here. It's not just the relational patterns, but the toddler years are when we're setting up and teaching and guiding about positive emotional exchanges. We're setting that foundation for emotional intelligence. And this is an area that doesn't come easily to a lot of adults. I know I've done a lot of work on this myself in my own life. And so you know, it's a lot to teach and it starts in these toddlerhood years and that does not come naturally. So again, a lot of that is in my classes, which is why I cover that there. This is that foundational work we're doing, but you want to get this dialed in, in toddlerhood. You get this um, understanding, this confidence, knowing how to work with your toddler preschooler on their emotion skills, setting up really good positive patterns of relational interactions, and you are set up to hit that next level of parenting 
in those elementary school years, because that's when you really get to start to do what I consider the real fun work, (laughs) you know, really helping them discover who they are, what they're about, what their talents are, what their opportunities are, what they want to learn and discover and who, and just being there for them to um, help them work out these types of things. So if your children are beyond toddlerhood and you're still struggling with behavior, it's okay. You still have time to get this dialed in, but you want to get on that. So first, we obviously need discipline tools. We need to know how they work, why they work, the steps to using them, and the common pitfalls to avoid. These are the basics. This is all on the website. Even though I cover a lot more than discipline, even though I'm about a lot more than discipline, this is the absolute foundation. The steps, the techniques, the pitfalls, how to do those. These are parenting 101 foundational stuff. It gets you set up to have success in your home with those tools. There's a lot of places to learn about discipline. I'm not the only one that's talking about positive discipline for sure. But if you don't know how to choose a tool based on the situation, your child's current mood, your child's temperament, and other environmental factors, stresses that are going on in life, if you're moving, if they're changing schools, if there's some sort of developmental thing going on, if there's a new baby coming into the home, if they just lost a grandparent, there are so many things to consider consider. And so it's not just as easy as ABC, but these are things we learn how to manage as we get better and better at this. But we get those tools dialed in, we get the good foundation, and it just makes all of this so much easier. We kind of learn like, not kind of learn, we learn where to go, when and how, and we really just gain that confidence as parents and be like, I can handle this, I know how to handle this. And it's okay if the tool isn't perfect and doesn't work the first time. Or if you're just like this tool or this consequence doesn't work with my child and I'm gonna move to the next one. Maybe they've moved beyond it and you'll see that. They'll outgrow these tools. I talk about that in the classes too. How to tell when they've outgrown it, when it's just not a good tool for them anymore or how you're gonna advance it with your child because that is something we need to do too. The tools have to grow with them. We have to grow with them when we use them. So that's why I get as thorough as I can in the classes about which tools are generally best to use at first as a foundation, when and how to move to the next. But even on top of that, I touched on this in the first part of this episode, but I can't stress enough how important that is to take a look at your patterns, your parenting patterns, right? How you're interacting on a daily basis, especially in particular um, things that seem to be happening over and over, what you're doing as a response to something that's happening that you're not happy about and seeing where is that coming from and try to really figure out why is, where is this coming from? I know it's not working and yet I don't seem to either be able to figure out what's going on here, or I'm afraid to do something different, or I just don't feel confident in trying to do it in a different way. Where is that coming from? You know, what are these, um, what are the patterns? What are the beliefs behind them? So something like if I step into my own power, it disempowers my child and dims their light because that's how I felt as a child. If I set up a boundary and my child has a big reaction, it will damage our relationship. It'll build resentment or damage their self-esteem. If my child has a meltdown, I'm not being a good parent. And by the way, 80% of parents surveyed actually held this belief. They believe that if their child had a tantrum or a meltdown, they were actually doing something wrong. And this is simply untrue. It couldn't be further from the truth. And there's so much here to dive into. And uh, that's a whole separate episode that I definitely need to do on working through our own parental misconceptions and patterns. 
and how to break through those so that you can be the confident leader your child needs. And this is why the class Intro to Discipline actually covers this. It's the basics of the science of behavior and discipline, parenting styles and their common outcomes. And I even have a worksheet for parents who want to do this work of looking back on how they were parented and uncover any hidden beliefs that may be affecting their parenting today. So this is just some really important foundational work to, to take a look at. So we'll definitely dig more into looking at the patterns, doing an episode about patterns and parental misconceptions. What are some common parental misconceptions? And we're going we're gonna to take those down. We're going to bust some myths in that episode because this really, we need to do this. I don't like parents feeling bad about things they really shouldn't be feeling bad about, feeling guilty, that we're just so concerned that we're going to hurt our child's self-esteem or hurt their their. Um, their spirit or their light and, you know, stepping up and being a leader is not going to do that. It's actually going to teach them how to do that. So the next thing I want to spend a little more time uncovering is understanding that being confident and setting a boundary, even if your child gets upset or has to be uncomfortable, is what your child needs from you. You aren't causing harm to their well-being or to your relationship. It's actually quite the opposite, so long as we handle it in this loving but firm manner. You're setting up a pattern of relating. We're showing empathy, but we aren't backing down either. And we aren't saying, I told you so either. So let's say that your preschooler wore pants instead of shorts, even with your warnings before you left. It's going to be warm today. You might get hot on our walk. You aren't coming back until the walk is over if you change your mind. And then you give them that opportunity to think about it. And then he's like, nope, don't want to change my pants. Nope, nope, this is what I'm going to do. Okay. So now they're complaining. You're on the walk. They're complaining. They're pushing you to turn around to go back home. They're whining. They're complaining. They're, I'm hot. I'm sweaty. I don't like this. I want to go home. But we say something like, this is the empathy. I hear that you're very uncomfortable right now. And I don't like to feel too hot either. Now, this was the choice you made before we left. So you can change as soon as we get home, but right now we're on the walk and we're going to finish. Now, I know this is unpleasant. It's hard to go on a walk with a complaining toddler, preschooler, child, even elementary school kid, because they will complain to you sometimes. But if you give in and say, all right, fine, we'll just go home, you just set up a pattern of relating that brings up all kinds of issues in the long run. They just learned they don't have to consider the choice or the logical consequences of their actions because you just bailed them out if they get too uncomfortable. So now you're gonna be the parent who has to bring their lunch when they're a teenager at school because they forgot to take it. So it's just this pattern that sets up and will continue and continue and they don't learn how to be responsible and make good choices and that there are outcomes to those choices that they are gonna to have to think ahead of time and learn to deal with if they make a certain choice. This is absolutely an important lesson early on. They don't have to, they also learn they don't have to respect your boundary because you just broke it. You set a boundary, you set an expectation. If this is the choice you're making and you get hot, this is what you're going to deal with for the rest of the walk until we get home. So you say that and then you go, all right, fine, let's go home. They just learned, all right, when mom or dad sets a boundary, they don't really mean it. So they're gonna start pushing them all over the place. You just taught them how to break the boundary and that they really don't matter and they're not important. And then when it really matters, it's a big battle and, it, and it's really hard. So big emotions are all a part of toddlerhood, especially. But if they don't learn this, 
In toddlerhood, it will continue. So reminding yourself in these instances that even as you're uncomfortable and you're listening to them complain and you're just, you're just like keeping your cool, even if you're kind of annoyed on the inside, keeping your cool, you're going to remind yourself, my child needs this opportunity to face this challenge, to feel the discomfort and the emotion of disappointment and work through it to the other side. I am not responsible for making them feel better. And that's a whole other area I need to dig into also. And that's a whole other episode. (laughs) Because for some parents, that may feel really awful. And it may sound terrible. And it feels really uncomfortable. Because they know that they have the power to make it better. And we're just, there's so much in us that just wants to try to fix it for them whenever we can. But we're not doing them any favors. So I promise you, it is the loving thing to do. It's hard if we grew up in families with patterns of a lot of codependency to grasp this. But this episode, um, I don't have time to go into that. So we're going to talk about that. That's another good episode to dig into because I haven't even begun to talk about patterns of codependency, how they get established and perpetuated throughout childhood and then into our adult relationships. So there's a lot of great areas that we can dig into here. So I'm really excited because I'm really excited to share a lot of this new information that we uncovered today. So if you want to make sure you have the discipline strategies that set up your children and yourself and for your family to have a healthy connection, and that's the foundation to everything else that will come, I strongly recommend Intro to Discipline, Discipline Tools for Each Age, Toddler, Preschooler, School Age, and Tweens and Teens. If you have that down and you're ready to support your child in those bigger ways or do both at the same time, which is very doable, like understanding their development and how you can guide and support that, increase their language development, cognitive development, social emotional development. You're doing so many amazing things for them when you do that, getting them really set up for success and happiness in life and relationships. Working with your child, the classes like you know, your developing toddler, preschooler are really great for that. Um, working with your child's temperament, getting them on the path to educational success with choosing a preschool or the class learning styles and multiple intelligence theory is an eye opener. It was an eye opener for me when I did that research about how each of my kids learns differently and how I can find a school and advocate for them for their learning style so that school is interesting to them so that they're engaged in their learning process and so that they can become this engaged learner that's excited and can find their own way and their own um, unique gifts and talents in the world that they're going to develop. Teaching a growth mindset also Um, raising responsible kids. I could keep going on. So anyway, all those are at yourvillageonline.com, chock full of classes I built from curating the latest scientific research and child development and motivational psychology. If you have a comment or a question about what we dug into today, because a lot of this is new information than I've shared before, if it brought anything up for you from things that you dealt in childhood, you've had some aha moments, I would love to hear about it. Um, and that you'd like to share. If you need any clarification on anything, please send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next week. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.